one thing we have to keep in mind is that, and we talked about it on the show. But at the same time, it comes from two different points. Then all of a sudden, you want to say, oh, well, you know, best, I think for me, I don't know if I can speak for everybody else. This is Dead in Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in Sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show, we got FIFO 24-7. What it do? Nicky Ducey. What's up? Joining us via video, we got BZ430. What up, though? And Sheldon J. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, apologies on us uh, being late. Uh, a few technical issues, and we were wrapping up another recording that went a little bit longer than anticipated, but we're here. So we're going to go ahead and get into the show. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, hey Ken, no, real quick. Did you uh, see the, the shit I sent you with MLB The Show on PS5? Yeah. That shit, yeah. that shit going to look beautiful, man. I'm in. I'm in, man. I think I'm in this time. I think I'm going to be in myself. No. <laughs> um, our, our main topic is going to be something that B brought up in the chat. So I'll save that for a little bit later. But first, I want to get through some of the headlines that just uh been happening lately. Um, particular uh, Jared Dudley has been in, has been making some uh, comments lately. He's got a book that's coming out. It's forty two pages long. I think it, I forgot what forty two. Pa- that's an ebook. <laughs> yeah, that's he got a book that's going to call out a book. <laughs> right. it's, it's about dealing with the bubble. It's like a that's season a story. story. Yeah, so the book is like a bubble. The book is about his career. That's why it's forty two pages. Long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, but he he has some words for PG. Um. The exact quote was more so on the lines of last year during the, that whole, you know, when PG and, and Kawhi got, went to the Clippers and how they were talking about they're the best duo in L.A., or at least PG said that. He said that that was motivation for them because, how like, Kawhi could talk that shit because mm-hmm. he just won a title. But how dare you, as far as him calling out Paul George, compare yourself to the LeBrons, the ADs of the world, when you ain't won nothing? What did he say about Paul George? That's what he was saying. You ain't want shit, so why are you talking about like why are you talking shit? Yeah. Kind of like the same thing you were saying, Ken, where he was like, you know, Clippers mobbing off a lot, Patrick Beverly and all them. And it's like, why are they mobbing off when they haven't really when they haven't only person that was proven on their team is Kawhi Leonard. Well, not even that. He even gave credit to Pat Bev. He was like, Pat Bev gonna do that because that's how he feed his family and shit. But he specifically called out PG like, nigga, you the last motherfucker to say. He was saying what a lot of people in the NBA, uh, he was saying out loud what a lot of people in the NBA NBA were were not saying. Yeah. And uh, I guess Paul George took offense to it. But he said Paul George and Kawhi took offense? No, no, just just Paul George. Because he he gave props to Kawhi. He even gave props to Pat Uh Bev. It's just like, I I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I know what it is. But I feel like a lot of people in the NBA feel like Paul George is overrated. I feel like a lot of people in the NBA feel like he shouldn't be looked at as a superstar. Well, he, I don't think he's looked at as a superstar anymore, but he ain't playing like he overrated this season. Not yet, nah. So, really. um, so Jared Dudley, whenever he gets off the bench, <laughs> we may have to see them. But it's going to be interesting. So Paul George is saying that's what motivated him this year. Or part of it. No, that's no, that's what Dudley said about the Lakers last season. That was a uh, motivation for them. Them, well, particularly Paul George talking shit. Oh, you know okay, 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 okay. I got it backwards. So, uh, like, my question with y'all was just like, is it? Is it? Uh, are you? Do you guys agree with that statement, or sh- is this the wrong messenger for that statement? The wrong person to say it. In terms of Jared Dudley, yes. Okay. Yes. I, 
Well, he, he's writing. Oh, go ahead, people. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying he, he's he he's the one that wrote the book. So him saying it is just his account as to what happened. He had a first row seat. He was a he was a fan, pretty much. He just happened to be on the team, but he he had a first row seat to it. So who better to tell the story as to what happened, other than the person that sat on the bench and watched it? You get a better story from the twelve man on the team than you would from the person like say LeBron that's played the whole game. The person that's sitting down on the bench saw the. He heard and saw everything. So he's going to tell you a better story than a person that's been playing. So, yeah, he can. He, he just said what the team was feeling. He was in there. So he knows. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm okay with the messenger. Um, because, again, I, to Shelton's point, like this is from Jared Dudley's perspective. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, um, who is PG to be talking shit amongst the elite when – you're only elite by the numbers, but you're not elite by your play. You know what I'm saying? Anytime, like playoff P, like to me, that's the biggest fucking oxymoron in basketball because playoff P gets worse in the playoffs. Look at the numbers. He doesn't get better. He gets worse. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I think I think Paul George, uh, and I don't want to dump too much on him because I, I, I feel, I've, I have personal feelings uh, about him. But um. This dude, he he he, aight, man. But he he ain't he he nice. But he ain't nice when it when it matters most. So who the hell are you to be talking shit that you the you the uh, best duo in L.A. Man, it, it, come on, man, come on. Who, Paul George Paul George Paul talking? Come on, man. Well, when did he say it though? Did did he say it when the bubble started, or what? At what point was he saying this stuff? I think they were talking about the beginning of the season before the whole pandemic really hit. And like just that hype and anticipation going into the season, and uh, up until before the uh, the season got cut in half from the you know the pandemic, there were like Ken was saying, B was talking about like there was a lot of talking hype as far as like the Clippers being that team in LA, not the Lakers. And and see that's fine to me too because if you think about it, um, most people when they start something out, you got to be pumped up. The only problem with that is if you're gonna talk like that, you need to back it up. And that's where Paul George falls short is he didn't back up none of the stuff that he talked about. So that's the problem. Not that what he said. I, I mean, he can say whatever he want to say at the beginning of the year, everybody big talk, everybody zero and zero. You know what I'm saying? So at the beginning of the year, the Wizards thought they were going to win, but at the end is when it matters during the season is when it matters. Why well, you got to bring up the Wizards? So. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But all right, um, moving on to another team that I feel like is is interesting. We're gonna um, last week we talked about the Mavs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. And since then, they they've only won one game over the last four. Yeah, yeah, one they, game. They, they just, just one, beat yeah. they just beat Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're beat current, Yeah, they're currently one, playing again. One and zero in the last one. Yeah. They're currently yeah, losing right when now. They, when, they, when they beat Atlanta, they 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 broke their uh, six game losing streak. When they beat Atlanta, how many games? Six games. They had six. lost six straight. Until Five they... games and one. Okay. Yes, yeah. the last one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're currently what's it in Spanish, people? Say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're currently losing to Golden State right now, um, as we're recording this. What's uh, more? It's one ten to ninety eight, and it's early in the fourth, though. 
Um, I bring that I bring that team up because they face the Hawks. And you know, I always like to throw this question out whenever females in the room when it comes to Luca oh, and Trey Young. We go we recap the, the Mavs Knicks trade. Let's look at what's been happening since 2018 with okay, the with it. the Dallas and, and Atlanta trade that sent Luca to Dallas and uh Trey Young to Atlanta. Um that trade was for Matt. The Mavs move up. They had a fifth pick. They moved up to the third. In return, they gave the Hawks uh, their th- uh, fifth pick and a first round pick in 2019. As Which we became look- who? Huh? Which became who? Or you tell me because I, I Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish. Cam Reddish. So as we look at that game in particular, but also at, at also the trade itself, um, what I what stood out to me about that game that happened this week was that. For one, Trey Young didn't really play much in the fourth. Um, two, the Mavs struggled up until the fourth. And three, uh, KP does not look good. He had a good game against them, right? He did, yeah. but up until that point, he did not look good. No, he does not. John Collins was eating on his ass. Yeah. So yeah. as we're looking back at that trade, I want to get y'all overall thoughts as far as what franchise is heading in the best direction. The Hawks. Mm-hmm. The Hawks. Um, I think roster-wise and talent-wise, they have more talent than the Mavs. Mm-hmm. They don't have the better coach, which is Rick Carlisle, who has won a championship. I think if you switch coaches, I think you would this you would see this team soar. But they're still what ten and eleven right now. I think they won more games than than you know than the Mavs, even though Luca has been to a playoffs before. So I think he does have that on his belt. But I love the direction the Hawks are heading in. Um, you know, they built through the draft, and they actually drafted well. And they're not trying to find pieces in free agency to surround their star player with. So it's working out well, for them. Well, they, really they well. have, but but they got the right free agent. I think what, well, what I mean by that is the Mavs are trying to find guys to fit around Luka They've managed to kind of draft guys to fit around yeah. Luca. I mean, Trey. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. Well, well, one hundred percent of what you're saying. Um, so, to Nick, to answer your question, who won the trade? In my opinion, is still the Atlanta Hawks. Not only because personally, I think Trey fits what the Hawks wanted to do more, but also like we just said, they traded Luca and gave the Hawks another first round pick that turned into Cam Reddish. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and that's not. He, he's not no, you know what I'm saying, just throw that in. Like, can't, I think I believe, and, and Cam Reddish has been off and on this year too, but when he's on, you see something that's like, oh, sh-, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, damn, that, 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 that looked a little different. You know what I'm saying? So I like what the Hawks got going on. I think as an organization, not saying that the Hawks are a better organization than the Mavericks, but I think that the Hawks have made better moves. I think they've been smarter with um, building around Trey Young and John Collins Versus Luca, I think because Mark Cuban, first of all, he won a championship. And I think that he somewhat regrets breaking up Dirk and Steve Nash. So I think he's trying to do everything in his power to recreate that scenario uh, with KP and Luca. And I think that he is adding on free agents or, or, or just trying to get whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just write a check to go get them. And Again, I think when you have a guy like Luca that's still on his rookie deal, um, that's still progressing, still trying to find who he is in the league, obviously he's doing a great job because just look at the numbers. But 
you know, as he established just yet, is he the best he's going to be? No. So, you know, you still need other young talent around that. And I, I don't know if the, the Mavericks are doing that in the best way. Well, that's that's more or less the thing. As far as to say who won the trade, I would say that it's it's pretty much a wash. And I'll say that because I think both teams got what they were supposed to get. Now, who's drafted better? The Hawks by far. The Hawks are doing an excellent job of putting those pieces in place. But as far as the trade goes, what Luka has brought to Dallas um, is – is now, they're not winning right now. They're, like I said, they're not doing a good job of putting a good supporting cast around him. But still, it's, it's, it's closer to a wash than anything else. You got a guy that's going to be a perennial all-star, and he's – you know, he has the size in the frame to transition as he gets older. The only thing about Trey Young that scares me, unless he – you know – Steph is Steph is different. He's an anomaly in the fact that he can continue to do what he's doing, and he's done it and transitioned into a better, older player. Players like that, small, that are shooters like that, they don't always translate to have long careers. You know what I'm saying? So it's just really hard to say what it's going to be later on. But for right now, I like it for both sides. The Hawks are running and gunning. They're a young team. They look really good. Even in that game that they lost to Dallas, they look good. But – both teams won, in my opinion. You, you know what, Shelton? You know what the Hawks look like? They look like the Sixers of maybe two or three years ago, where you see all the talent. It's like, oh, this is scary. But mm-hmm. then they get in those situations where you're supposed to execute down the stretch, where it comes down to two or three possessions. You got to execute not only offensively, but you got to execute defensively. And, and and it just seems like they're not there yet, even though they should be because they they signed on veteran free agents that are supposed to help in that transition. But back to Ken's point, I don't, I, I think that Lloyd Pierce is the odd man out now, which is the Hawks head coach. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be the odd man out because in my opinion, they have underachieved. Now I don't think they underachieved egregiously, right? It's not like they're like four and you know, however many other games, how many total games have they played? Like 20 some games now, right? Yeah. So, so, so if they were like four and 16, he would have been got the boot. But I, I just I, I don't see I don't I don't see why we would resign him. I don't see why um, you, you, you would study this course. I think um, the issues with Trey Young and John Collins show that, you know what I'm saying, that I think that they need a different leader, if not a better leader. Um, at the head coaching position to really unlock the potential this squad has. What What are the issues you see FIFA within the team? Like, what What about the Hawks do you see as a, an issue? You know, when when, when Ken mentioned it, um, I didn't I didn't really see it in the way he said it in terms of that the Hawks have a Trey Young problem, but but they they slightly do. Um, and the reason why I agree with that statement is the fact that. They run too much pick and roll without any weak side movement. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like the ball is primarily in Trey Young's hand, and he controls the entire thing. Now, I'm not, me being a point guard. Obviously, I love the ball in my hand, but I think that the way the Hawks are constructed, it's really Golden State 2.0. So you got to get the ball movement. You got to get the ball out of Trey Young's hand in terms of a penetrator creator and let him um, attack off the catch, right? So yes. that way you can either catch and shoot three or you could catch and go. 
right? And then if the defense collapses, then Trey is a, a magnificent passer. Then that's where we get the playmaking from, right? When off of ball reversals. But I think that the that initially the play is starting solely off of pick and roll. And Trey Young is making 100% of the decisions when you got other great decision makers on that court, right? Like, I, I put it to you like this. I said I said something to Ken. Um, as soon as Draymond Green got back to the Golden State Warriors, it made Steph's game a lot easier because now Steph ain't got to play make as much. He could give the ball to Draymond, and he knows Draymond's looking for him. You know what I'm saying? So, so it allows you to play a little bit more loose, where right now it's kind of like it's all on Trey, and it doesn't need to be. And what it reminds me of is Golden State before Steve Kerr. Now, I think it's part of a natural progression. It's part of taking your lumps. You know what I'm saying? Because when you look at Steph Curry and them boys, when they had Mark Jackson, they were very um, pick and roll heavy. And the ball was a lot in Steph Curry's hand. But it didn't unlock Klay Thompson. Clay, we weren't talking about Clay under Mark Jackson the way we talk about him now. Like, like this version of Clay wasn't wasn't back then because all he was was a spot up shooter. He wasn't moving around. Yeah, he, he wasn't was. play making. You know what I'm saying? And that when I watch the rock the the Hawks play right now, that's the main issue. It's it's Trey Young floater alley or he kicks out and then the ball gets stagnant again. Like the, the, the play. Mm-hmm. That, my question though is on that team. Who is your your secondary ball handler on the floor? Unless you're bringing in Rondo to play with Trey. Who is going to uh-huh. handle the ball like that? Who who can who can he play off the ball too? And I and to and, to some to someone answer your question. That's what I felt like that fourth quarter was was surprising to me. Like Trey was on the bench. Maybe it was because of size on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and and that's why they had to limit him. But I feel like they were also experimenting with that idea. So like as far as outside of Trey, who can we count on as a secondary ball handler? Let's play this out. I, I think I think they got to start relying on John Collins more to make plays because uh, I'm not saying he's Draymond, but I think that he has enough ball handling and IQ to, you know, run those rub offs and those handoffs and, you know, get him in, 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 in face up position against other bigs to make plays for himself or other people. Uh, I think that you got to start unlocking that from Cam Reddish. I think he has that type of skill set that he could play off ball, but when he gets to the ball, he can attack and create not only for himself, but for other people. Uh, Kevin Huter has shown a progression in, you know, getting his shot, right? Not necessarily playmaking because that's never been his thing, but a J.J. Redick-like type player. So I think that you got to get the ball in, in positions for him to make decisions a little bit more. Um, who else do they have? Obviously, Rondo in terms of the decision maker, playmaker. Uh, but but my the main two people that I would like to see make more decisions with the basketball in their hand is Cam Reddish and John Collins. Q, yes. I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on this real quick as far as um as we're relooking the Mavs uh, Hawks trade in 2018. Which franchise do you feel like is in the best direction moving forward? Um, I think. Well, first of all, you can't. Can y'all hear me? Everybody good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I ain't no cute um, light skin, man. <laughs> 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 nah, for real. Um, me and FIFA got to hold it down. But um, nah. When it comes to when it comes to Trey Young and the Hawks, I think that FIFA said it all. I think that the Hawks are in the better position. They got to find. Really, if I'm being real, the player that they need to go get is Ben Simmons. If I'm being real with you, that's the guy you need to go pair with Trey Young. I think that 
bad defender takes the heap of the defense off of him and allows a, a trade to play off ball, like everything that FIFO has been saying. So for for Luca and KP to look be looked at last year as like, you know, the next Nash and Dirk, I actually think that that could be replicated more in Atlanta. I People are saying Steph for Trey. I see Steve Nash more when I look at his potential for what he should be, for what his game could be, uh, his ability to get everyone involved, his ability to not necessarily dominate the ball, but just be the point of emphasis when it comes to getting people uh, involved in half-court offense. So it's sad to see what's happening, but that's what happens when you put your faith into European players, sadly. But moving on, yeah. All right. Um, now we get into the best part of the show, this episode of me, in my opinion. Q, I don't know if you got your uh, list ready, but be in, the, in, in our group chat, he brought up a good question as far as who are the most, who are the four most influential players in the NBA? And I believe you said since 1990 to now. Yeah, pretty much um, the last 30 years. The last 30, last 30 years. years. Why did you pick that, that time frame? Uh, I don't know. I just... I mean, I wasn't going to be like ever. I wasn't going to say best ever because, you know, the majority of us didn't watch players in the 70s and 60s and some even in the 80s. So I just figure I figure at 1990 to now, I feel like a lot of people, um, our younger audience and and people that's watching probably, you know, watch some players that's starting from the 90s decade up to now. So. All right. Well, since you started this Mount Rushmore conversation, I'm going to let you go first. Mount Rushmore. Okay, so my players. Um, you said you said most influential, right? Yeah, most influential. Okay, not, right. not the best, not the whatever. Most influential. Um, and I have uh, Michael Jordan. Of course, I, Michael Jordan is obvious. That was an obvious answer. Um, I feel like he should be on all of our ass as far as influential. Um, Steph Curry, LeBron James. And this mm-hmm. fourth one was between two people, but I'm gonna go AI. I'm gonna go AI. Say yours again. Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and AI. Those are mine. I was going no, to. Gonna... No, go, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said I almost. I almost picked Shaq only because the fact that him and actually Iverson are the reason that we got something in the NBA that I thought we was gonna never see. Which was on defense, so uh, but is that really influence though? But you know, I just feel like everybody wanted to be AI when AI yes. was at it. AI was at its peak more so than Shaq. You know what I'm saying? But I was, I was looking at it like, well, damn, Shaq did change the fact that you brought back freaking zone defense in the NBA. That was insane to me back then because you know I watched college basketball a lot, and that was something I never thought I was going to see in the NBA was zone. Like he really changed defenses, so. But you know that's a here or there, so I, I had to go with AI on, on on my last my last pick. I'll go I'll go second real quick. Um, actually, mine are the exact same as yours, and I'll tell you why. Each one, Jordan, for obvious reasons, because his game is influential because he's still effective today. As a matter of fact, he's still the most effective uh, influential person in the game. Period. Because of those shoes you got on right there, you know he's he's an obvious choice. Um. Curry, because he changed the game. Every kid wanted to be Steph Curry. AI, because he created positionless basketball. AI was the first guy 
who was built like a point guard that kind of, even though Magic did it, we, we can kind of put that on Magic a little bit too. But in the in the modern era, Magic wasn't in the 90s up. So he played, didn't he, his last year was 90s or something like that? 91. Oh, he played in the 90s. 90s 91. 91, yeah, 91. But, but by, like, then, he was a, by then he was a power forward. So he was in his natural position. But we're talking about from 90 on, AI was the first one and the only one that was playing. He was a point guard playing shooting guard at the time. And they moved Eric Snow to point, which kind of, you know, they were playing out of position. But he changed in. Everybody wanted to be AI. Everybody had Chrome Rose. You know, that's when the tattoos started. You were trying to do his dribble move. Uh, Steph, because of his shooting, and LeBron, because of his off and on the court activism and leadership. So I'll go next because my list is the same as Shelton and B's list, and I'll obviously tell you why as well. Uh, Jordan, because look, man, I'm shit about to be 37. I still rock Jordans, you know what I'm saying? And there's a, a, a whole bunch of millions of people that still rock Jordans, you know what I'm saying? And the Jordan brand is a billion dollar entity. So that alone makes Jordan super influential. And he did it before social media and the internet. Um, LeBron, for obvious reasons, I think the next best player since uh, Michael Jordan. And, you know, the stuff that LeBron did, man, like he just captivated everybody. We've never seen that type of power and finesse. You know what I'm saying? Like, he get you with a spin move and then dunk over your big man. <laughs> Who was doing that outside of MJ? You know what I'm saying? Dominique Wilkins and Dr. J. There was only a handful of people, but nobody did it with the skill set that LeBron did it. And then everything that Le- um, Shelton said as well, his activism off the court, I don't think we'll probably ever see another athlete that has done as much as LeBron in that arena. Um, Steph Curry, because... And, and Steph and, and A, I, I, I'll say this about both of them. I think to be influential, right? Because, you know, B, I thought the other person that you was going to say was going to be Kobe instead of Shaq. But I think oh, that... We got Kobe because of MJ. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And, and, and that's the reason why I wouldn't put him. Um, yeah. Because, you know, without... If there is no MJ, there would be no Kobe. There would be no Kobe. Right, right. So it is what it is. But um, with both Steph and AI, what those... The reason why they're influential is because you believe that you can do what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because they look if, – if they were not NBA superstars and they walk down the, the – you know, next to – if you walk next to them on the street, they look like regular people. If LeBron walks next to you, you'd be like, God damn, that dude big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Shaq walk next to you, you'd be like, what the – like, you – if me being five six, I can never do what LeBron does. I can never do what Shaq does. But what AI is doing, what Steph Curry is doing, oh, I could do that. So that's the reason why they're influential. And I and 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 going a little bit to B's point in terms of Shaq and AI, it's so interesting how a lot of their career mirrors each other outside of the movies. But like you're talking about Shaq went platinum, you know what I'm saying? Being a rapper. AI never really dropped anything, but it always felt like AI was more influential in music because everybody wanted to be AI. People love Shaq. But how many people really wanted to be Shaq? Everybody wanted to be AI. You want to go next, Q? Yeah, for sure. Um, simple. I would say for me, Mike. Then I got to go Kobe, Iverson, and Steph Curry. Over Brown. Okay. I got to go over Brown because for the reason you said, you can't influence kids to 
be in a league and take their power within their hands. We're talking about a specific amount of people who are going to be able to do that. A specific amount of people who are actually going to be able to do what LeBron is doing outside of with, with his activism, right? That doesn't mean that people are not uh, influenced in terms of thinking, but I think for me, impact with influence matters. Also Steph has kids shooting from half court. Doesn't matter what size they are. Um, you got Iverson, everyone wanted to do the cross. Everyone tried to learn how to do a crossover, the questions, the Jada kiss commercial that meant a lot to us as kids in his rookie card. I say Kobe, because being in elementary school in the early two thousands, throwing the you know ball into yep. the trash can Kobe yep. like that means something to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's influence. And then I obviously Mike because Concords meant something to us in high school. It meant something to us in middle school. We was waiting outside. Kids was getting killed for those. The Concords meant a lot to be able to flash those and you know in January come back with the, oh come on now. That, that, that meant everything. So no disrespect to Brian. I just think that and we're talking about the most impact that we've seen the influence that's the most recognizable man kobe had china screaming his name like come on man <laughs> like I, you know it's yeah. just is what it is that's a good one. wow um you want to go Ken, or you want me to go you can go i, I left that long he set it up uh, i was right there okay I had to walk back all right um i'm going with mj ai Kobe and LBJ. Um, the Kobe point, Q brought it up. That was the point I was going to bring up. Like, whenever you shoot a ball, you say Kobe, uh, when it, even if it's a trash can shit. Uh, AI, obviously, the hip-hop influence on the NBA. You got to credit to that. He was the reason why they made him a, they made a dress code in the NBA because <laughs> he was that. That's how it really was. Um, MJ for just watch The Last Dance. You'll get MJ. Uh, and LBJ for me, since MJ, there hasn't been a sports athlete. I would say just well, I was specifically saying in the NBA, business-wise, that hasn't changed the game like LBJ. Um, Q, I know you wanted to you said like there's only a few athletes that can have that power. I think because of him, there's even more athletes gonna come down the line. The shit that he did with Darius Baisley, um, I'm always gonna shout him out, obviously, because he's a Princeton alumni like me, but to have someone under his brand an internship with a shoe brand before they even get into to, to leave the college route for something that's going to actually make sense down the line than to waste time at least in his eyes taking bullshit classes just to get to NBA anyway I think that's going to set precedent and um and obviously always is social activism I left Curry out just because I respect him I think he is influential I think he did change the game as far as making everyone have to shoot. But outside of that, I uh, I don't know. He don't hit as hard to me as like y'all do when you're talking about the influence as far as the kids. I still feel like people realistically would rather be other point. I think Dame Lillard is up there with Curry when it comes to influence as well as far as Oh, play. no, brother. Oh, no. I, that's no. my opinion. That's my opinion. Oh, no. But... That's just my not opinion. even not even in the same stratosphere, bro. No, not at all. <laughs> that's just my opinion. That, that, that's cool, and that's why you disrespect. Me. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, man, because you got to think, Nick. Like, you know, kids now. You know, you know, kids that's 
my height, FIFO's height, your height, you know, they looking at Curry like, okay, if I work out in the gym and shoot, you know, a thousand, two thousand jump shots, you know what I'm saying, a day, I can be Steph Curry. I could be a Steph Curry too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking at Michael Jordan and Tracy McGrady and all those guys. I I, I can't say I'm gonna be a Michael Jordan because I'm not six foot six. I'm not six foot eight. I'm not Kevin Durant. I'm not I'm not seven feet tall with hands. But that was the beauty of the marketing behind Michael Jordan because everybody on this right. panel, maybe with the exception of Q and Nick, we all thought we was gonna be Michael Jordan, bro. Right. Like, I know like, I did. Q, hey Q, like you said, people were saying the garbage can saying Kobe. Oh, I mean, I was before that. You had so much MJ, not only MJ in the garbage can, but you had MJ sticking your tongue out on the court. You had <laughs> MJ doing reverse layup. Like, it was so much. Like, it's amazing when people say, like, yeah, well, Kobe got the garbage can. Man, it was so many kids yelling, singing, I want to be like Mike, while they hooping and stuff like this. <laughs> like even, even today, kids that never saw him play. They never even seen without, him play. Without, M, without MJ is no Kobe. That's the only reason why I can't put Kobe – on that influential because it's like he's a carbon copy of carbon copy. Michael Jordan. So it's like I feel like he can't be influenced because like he can't be like the 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 leader because he I mean he can't be the trendsetter because he's a follower, you know. Not saying that Kobe's a follower, but I'm just saying like it's just, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the only reason why I can't put Kobe in that list. I I I just can't. That is the most disrespectful thing in the world. Nick could ever say, "Go ahead, Kim." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, hey. Shelton, before Ken go, you know what's crazy, Shelton? <laughs> I used to argue Dame Lillard how dope Dame Lillard is, and Nick wouldn't on my side. So That's it's crazy. funny. It's hey, funny how he's. See, remember, I always say new evidence. New it's evidence. Slowly, it's funny how he's slowly coming on my on my side now on Dame Lillard when he was. Wow. Like, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard. He's been balling out since then. Like I said, I give Dame a lot of problems. Dame is Dame is special. I, I can't you can't nobody take that away from him. Of course, yeah. But yeah. but he <laughs> he's not Steph. And, and here's yeah. the thing: me, me, me and B, we both agreed on Dame Lillard, how special he was off a of summer league. I remember we yeah. both watched a summer league game. We looked at yep. each other like, oh shit, this, this little nigga here. <laughs> Yeah. He read. He he would have laughed at that, Nick. Nah, he damn sure would. He knows he doesn't have that same influence stuff yeah, does, bro. He knows. Yeah, I didn't say same influence. I'm just talking about player, like as far as. But never mind. Go go uh-huh. ahead. Uh-huh. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying it ain't about it. Ain't, I don't have my list, so I don't need to talk about them. So that's all I gotta say. Uh, yeah, I go LeBron, MJ, AI. And Kobe. Yep. That's I can't be mad. I can't be mad at the Kobe thing because the, the mama mentality is real. That's that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a real thing. It really, really is. But it, it's, but, it's look, just, but but what influenced the mama mentality? Yeah, Jordan. Right. So so you know what I'm saying. So that's what makes it hard to kick anybody off that list off. It was but MJ was influenced by Bird and Magic and them too. But his game, no, nah, he wasn't there. Nah. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. When he talks no. about that, he said it was that's more. It was closer to Dr. J. If any, if any, exactly. Yeah. Like, 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 like Jordan. Those those guys were the pinnacle that Jordan wanted to knock down. But he wasn't necessarily influenced by them outside of just wanting to compete against the best. 
but and win but, like them because Magic was a winner. He definitely exactly. You know, like what I'm saying Magic. Bird, 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 and Magic came in, quote unquote, team players, and they won. Jordan was labeled a selfish one one on one scorer that would never win a championship. So that drove him, and then his game. Think about this: before Kobe, there was nothing resembled Michael Jordan's game. Nobody had that. What right. guard was putting you in the post, bro? Like, what guard was shooting a fadeaway? No. And, and then you think about outside of um, um, Dr. J and probably a couple of other ones, but nobody was doing them high high fly acrobatics like that. Like, like, yeah. like nobody was doing that. Like, you could talk about Larry Nance. You mm-hmm. can talk about Ron NBA Harper guys, before, yeah. the, b- before the knee injuries. Skywalker from New York. You know say There was guys that could get up. Dominique, Larry Johnson. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just and, and, and we talk about the winning mentality and what he brought to the team. He he made them, you know, to for him to overcome the Pistons was incredible to me, you know, because that was that was the mountaintop right there. And for him to push hard and get that done, that was that was the difference in him and others. And you take his talent and that scoring ability and that leadership, you put all that together and you get Jordan. So he he don't count. But when we talk about Curry. He changed the game as well. Some of those same things you said apply to Steph Curry. Nobody was shooting from half court in, game, in NBA games like that. Nobody was doing that stuff. Nobody was moving without the ball like that. It, it just was a totally different game that he brought to the court. And for that, he changed the game and had every kid I know trying to shoot threes. Now now we're perimeter game as opposed to post. That's why if you look at it now, centers are almost extinct outside is of that, the couple is, that we have. And that's my question before you yeah, talk. Okay. My question is, did he change the game for the better or did he just change the game? Natural Ooh. evolutions is a natural part of life. Evolutions. Right. That's, and, how, and, that's all it is. And he, he changed it because everybody was trying to do what he did. Whether it's better or worse, he changed it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's worse in the, in the fact that we don't have as many you know, you got seven footers out there wanting to shoot threes, but it's because of him. It's it's Steph related. You know what I'm saying? No, that's why. Not, 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 not no, the big man. It was Manute Bowl. Not even Manute Bowl. <laughs> who, who, who changed the game for big man shooting was Dirk. I would say Dirk. If we did like a top five, top ten, we would have to mention Dirk because because he changed the game for big over Elijah. Elijah was shooting threes. He was yeah, shooting three. threes. And, and then was outside of Joel and B, we ain't never seen nothing that even resembled Elijah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who the real MVP is in the chat. Aldrin J. He says Steph can't create his own shot. Quote unquote, Nick. Ah! <laughs> he's 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 proving a lot to me this year. That is this year. This year. That's, need a Max Kellerman. That's a Max Kellerman take right there, Nick. Man. It is. That is, right. that is right. horrible. This is Nick Kellerman. I said Nick Kellerman. I said I said I said I said he needs. I said I want to see what he do by himself. No, and he showed me. You not. said he couldn't be shot. He won't say that. Those very see, words. I had to he send you multiple back, visual evidence of that, Nick. Yeah, he said. The, he said. Well, that I, be that I just won't let me say what I want to say. I'm trying to be objective and take my house. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't really want me to say what I want to say because it's a lot worse than that. Y'all don't let King go. Right, man. Ken's just been waiting patiently, man. Oh, I already went. The only thing I was going to add was that um, that my kids, they're not walking around the house screaming Curry. It's Kobe. And, you know, AI for me, because I'm an I'm a, I'm a old head, so that's why I picked AI. I did not know 
Kobe's influence, unfortunately, until he passed like that. But I do know that, and my, and my son is in seventh grade, I believe. And I hear Kobe, my youngest, Miles. Kobe. You said you believe seventh grade? <laughs> 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 and, and, and 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 you know because I was I'm not around that younger demographic like Q, um, you know Q was and still is like so I didn't see the kids throwing paper balls into the trash can screaming out Kobe I didn't see any of that so um, but yeah like even now to this day a young generation of a freaking twelve year old is talks more about Kobe than Curry. The, the, Growing up for me, growing up for me and Q, I don't know if you could relate to this too. It was Kobe and AI. Like it was, th- those are the two sides. Like you either were, uh, not even two sides, but those are the two uh, mm-hmm. guys that you wanted to relate to or, or be like the most. Like obviously AI more than Kobe at the time, but still Kobe was a, Kobe was a big name. Like he, he, not, as Steph, not as much as Steph. I'm, I'm, I'm texting my son and my nephews. My son's upstairs, but I'm asking them now which one is more influential. And of course, they say Steph. To that, me, it's that's, like look, that's the truth. What is your son? Teenage, fourteen. Teenage? Yeah, yeah. That, it, that it, it's generational, man. It's really generational. It's generational. Yeah, I think it's a part of it too. Yeah, yeah. I think you can switch out, right? So I think, um, like. Kobe's influence wasn't really realized because he was still alive. Mm. That Mamba mentality that Shelton mentioned, you're going to really start to see that sort of stuff manifest itself into reality as we move forward. Unfortunately, with this passing, Um, you know, Curry is present day. He's modern. He's right now. He's able to constantly remind people of, you know, his greatness by being out on the court, you know, so in terms of revolutionize the game, um, you know, and, and evolving the game, like you guys say, yeah, that's influential and impactful. I think off the court though, and on the court, Kobe has reached different, le- just he's able to touch both. Yeah. He, he's, he's touching way more people than Curry. Now, now don't get me wrong. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I agree with everything y'all saying. I, I, I love Kobe. And his death, it hurt me more than ever because I think that he had a second half of his life that was going to rival the first. I think if we had asked this question, if he had, had lived um, five minutes from now, I mean, five years from now, he would have been much huger than probably all the people on the list except Jordan. But as far as the kids go in their short-sightedness and YouTube era and all those things, the things that Curry do, that flash you from shooting, that's that's what they know. That's what they look towards, and that's what's cool. That's why the game is so perimeter-oriented, because of Curry. And like I said, all I of them, question, they, they, they Curry down. Go ahead, question, question for Shelton and uh, people who grew up in the middle of Jordan, right? Was there an air of people wanting Jordan to win? That's my question. People wanted to see that greatness. People love Mike, right? Was that, is that possible? Is that, is that a thing to say? Oh. Yeah. Well, well I, I grew up in Chicago. So, and, and I, and yeah, I can tell you, Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You of know course. what I'm saying? Like that, that yeah. would, you know, I, I, grew, I grew up different, man. Like everything that had to do anything with basketball, 
it, it was we all we related everything to Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like right. my life package was because of Michael Jordan. Right. Tim Hardaway right. a little bit, but it was primarily Michael Jordan. So I think I, I can't say for the rest of the country. You know, we know BZ is a no. I know one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? B, like, like, the D didn't want him to win. Hell no. I mean, now, it was at the end of the day, we respect him. We we wasn't stupid saying like, oh, yeah, Jordan right. wasn't nothing or Jordan right. whatever, whatever. But right. no, we didn't want Jordan to win. Of course. That's, that's, the Pistons. Yeah. But that I, was – but, but oh, go ahead. I, I think there were certain cities that were definitely – a million percent against MJ. Of course. Of course. Being one of them. Indiana, New York. Boston. Indiana. Boston. Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, there were definitely teams that just, or cities. But was the casual fan. Yes. Fan. Oh, okay. yes. All right. All right. Cool. Yes. 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 Here is where I want to situate Kobe's influence. The motherfucker was the villain. And you hated him. And you couldn't hate on him. Because you're like, damn, that motherfucker's good, bro. Well, we were, he, was, he was a villain for me. He was he was the villain for so many people, bro. You realize how many people, man? I hate I hate Kobe. People hated Kobe for the fact that he was the Jordan clone. People hated Kobe because of they chose sides in Shaq. People don't remember all the all the interviews where Kobe was being a dick to players in practice, the Smush Parker years. Those things mm-hmm. like made people like Kobe's being an asshole. Kobe's a you know entitled this and that. They, they had all these narratives, right? But people yeah. who were who were real hoopers. People who actually appreciate the game, at the end of the day, you couldn't deny him. So I'm trying to differentiate that air of Jordanness, where well, like well, man, uh, well, versus that casual fan who's like, man, you know. Well, let me say this about that though: uh, Michael had to go against that same hate from the, his was a little more di- more difficult than Kobe's because he had to go through it with the guys in the league, his own like from teammates to his opponents to the. Isaiah Thomas lockout, how they tried to block him out and stuff. He had to deal with all that stuff. And the fact that he had so many superstars around him. Imagine him going to play on that that dream team where you got superstars falling out of the trees. These guys are all, you know, these huge figures. And he had to dominate. He he didn't have to, but he dominated everybody. Like, that was his whole thing was, I'm going to kill everybody. So he started it. And, and Kobe followed in those footsteps. Now, I see what you're saying, though. Really and truly, Kobe did have a lot of haters. But everything that Kobe did from getting on teammates to the way he treated people and the way he thought about things, that was Michael. It was all Michael, and it was all driven to be Michael and to be better than Michael, which I appreciate right. that. I appreciate it. Like I said. You don't think that, that that could be perhaps seen as maybe like the Nike presence in that and that advertising and that constant air of this is Jordan, I feel like maybe that hatred uh, in the league was almost an endearing factor to the casual fan. Whereas in my personal experience, it's just my personal experience. I'm not saying this is the gospel, but in my personal experience, when Kobe was it, I'm, I'm talking about 06, 05. I, like, I remember 07, 08. We're talking yeah, about 81, Kobe. 80. Yeah. Black Mamba was born. When eight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wearing eight, the transition, right? Those years when he started wearing the fives and the sixes, the best shoes to play hooping in my personal opinion. Right. Um, when he was in that mode, bro, I can find one-to-one comparisons of people who would man, Kobe's the GOAT. Man, that love I hate about He's so about I didn't yeah. when most people with Jordan, when you talk to the casual fans, you'll you'll get, man, Mike is so great, dude. He's uh, he's so great. 
But then when you talk to the casual fan for Kobe, you get way more of a mix. Yeah. Q. Right. Q. That, that, that evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Jordan started to become a liked figure. Um, you know, people definitely disliked him as they dislike a lot of winners back in the day. Mm-hmm. But they grew appreciation for him and adoration for him, you know, once he left and once, you know, they had a chance to go back. Revisionist history um, set in. And I think um, I think I do agree with you because I, I hated both of them, to be perfectly honest. And that hasn't changed. You know, if somebody asked, I would still say that. But, you know, this is where, you know, you respect and appreciate what they what they um, were able to do. I think it comes down to, at least for me, it seems like part of the conversation is Curry or Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, there's obviously no wrong answer here. And we also are affected by what we see in our own personal everyday lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know what I see in my household, which is different from what he sees in his household, and for what the people that are watching or the people that are listening to this experience in their day-to-day lives as well. Um, I just think that there's an addition that Kobe added to it with this passing that um, is why I'm, I'm picking him over Curry uh, at the moment. And, and I don't think Curry will be able to touch that. I don't think he gonna, court, he's not going to touch that yeah, at all. No, no, no. I think the legend of Kobe grew to a point where unless your name, not named Michael Jordan, maybe LeBron, like it's, it's going to be hard to surpass that, that legacy. And, right? and so this, yeah. this thought just came to me. So, um, we're talking AI, um, LeBron, MJ. And we're talking about three guys that had on and off the court impact. Mm-hmm. Right. Curry hasn't had an off the court impact in terms Not of- Not in a positive light. None. <laughs> yeah. In terms of business, in terms of, or, or stuff right. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like- We got Aisha. Know, no, I'm joking. I'm about to say, <laughs> I, again, I said not the positive you know, light. Kobe right. had an off the court impact. Curry yeah. is- Strictly right now, it could change, and I'm sure it may, mm-hmm. on the court impact in terms of changing the way the game is yeah, played. That's it. Yeah. yeah you know, I that's that's back, it. I want to go back a little bit to the Michael Jordan uh, point, you know what I'm saying, of being hated and stuff like that. Everybody's 100% right. He was hated because he was changing the status quo uh, of the league of how you were supposed to win, right? Mm-hmm. Every Every previous champion before – the Jordan Bulls had a dominant big man at some, at some capacity. You know what I'm saying? Bill Lambeer was a dominant defensive big man, mm. utilitarian big man. Robert Parrish in his heyday was one of the best. Bill Jeez. Walton. Um, shit, Bill Russell. Uh, Bill Russell. You know what I'm saying? You look at every team that won a championship, they had a big man. And here come this flashy dude sticking his tongue out, dunking over everybody and, and, and calling people out and, and trash talking them the whole game and not scoring them and winning that. And, and then you got to also think this America is racist as it is today in 2021 was even more racist back then. They accepted a dark skinned black nigga. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm Bald saying? Head, talking <laughs> shit. So, so, so at first, like I, and obviously I, Look, I was born in 84, so I was born the year Jordan was drafted. A flying Negro in the midst of Reaganomics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that? Like, bruh. Like, like, do you understand how much Jordan had to overcome to become Jordan? Right? Like, we're talking political. We're talking marketing and advertising. 
we're talking a lot of different levels. You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of Jordan hate, but because he was so great and because he was able to back up the marketing, he was able to back up the trash talking. That's when people started to love him. And that's when kids like Kobe, kids like AI, AI, you know, you, you go watch an interview about him talking about Michael Jordan. That's what pushed AI to become AI. You know what I'm saying? So we saw a whole generation of guards be influenced by this one guy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, there was a lot of hate, but it, I, I can't say necessarily quickly, but it definitely turned into the most love that I think any athlete is ever going to have. I don't, I, the, the legend and legacy of Jordan will never, ever, 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 ever be eclipsed. Cheers, Tom Brady. They're talking about Tom Brady. Y'all motherfuckers are no, talking about. No, 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 no. no. Hey, we're talking about football, that's something different. Bro, they brought the conversation they, they to sports. Now, but I, I know they are. But I this told is, y'all this was going to happen three years ago. You know why they're wrong about this whole Tom Brady? It don't like, matter if they're wrong. No, I, it hey, don't matter if they're wrong. <laughs> this is why we got a platform so I can tell them motherfuckers that they're wrong. Right? Look, right. Tom Brady is the quarterback, but he is not an athlete. He, no. He's not a... Come on, man. The man can't run, jump. He can't... He, look, man. Look. Great winner, great quarterback, but he will never be the athlete that Michael Jordan ever was, ever will be, ever has been. And for that reason, is the biggest. I don't give a fuck if Tom Brady win another four Super Bowls undefeated. I don't care. You he don't have never to care, but the general consensus will be Tom Brady. He Tom, will Tom never Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, is, Tom Brady is an athlete. He's not athletic. That's okay. Case. Thank you. Everybody trying to hear you right now, man. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. Hold on, Shum. Um, to Q's uh, point about uh, where the Kobe hate came from or changed, I feel like for me personally, it happened in that finals when they went against the Sixers. Yeah. People had to people had to decide who do you want to root for, AI or Kobe. And then literally after that, that's when you see the whole stuff happen with him and Shaq and all. It just to me, that's, that's when, when the hate came. To me, that's when they had when you had to when it started. I'm gonna tell you when the hate came. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to... Come on. And Are that's going to do it for us this... week. No, I'm just going to... Hey, he came yeah. a different Negro there. <laughs> he, he got... He had... I think he, he had... He had uh, braids. He was a bus cut. Yeah. He started to get tattoos. Kobe was like, fuck it. <laughs> if I'm going to be a nigga, I'm going to be a nigga. <laughs> that's it. But hey, I remember just real quick on Kobe, man. And, and I like I said, y'all be having me thinking about this. We when we talk about we, we're talking about the most influential. So I, I still have to stick with my pick of curry because like I said, he, he just changed the game. But Kobe, I, I went to Nike and I used to work for Foot Locker, and I was flown out to Nike headquarters by Foot Locker. So I met with the president of Nike and the president of Jordan at the time and the designing team. So we were able to talk to them and ask them questions about the athletes. So we talked about LeBron. They spoke glowingly of LeBron. It, their thing, on, well, first off, we talk about Michael. Michael is everybody's, he's Michael. He has his own wing, his own section. He's he's separate from everybody else. He is he his own thing. But then you talk about uh, LeBron. They said LeBron was the, the purest athlete. He would go in the gym. He would have to have gym times. And they said he was, you know, he's serious about his business, but he was more serious about his craft. And then they talk about Kobe in the meticulous detail and how 
like none other, including Michael, he was very meticulous and knew every aspect of what was going on in the business world. He, Kobe was brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And that was a side that I don't think a lot of people, you would have gotten to see that later on, but they, they speak of Kobe and you saw those people. I'm talking about these grown men, executives, multi-million dollar men's eyes light up like speaking about, they were speaking about their God. You know what I'm saying? And that's how, if you ask them that question, I'm sure they'd say Kobe. You know, you know, there's one word. Curry ain't Shelton. doing that at Under Armour, is he? <laughs> no, nah, he, he, he got disrespected at Nike. They didn't even know. They didn't know who he was. was oh my god! <laughs> they thought he was an intern. Oh <laughs> <laughs> they said, they said he, he looked like a regular guy, right? They said we ain't order Curry. What you doing here? <laughs> the bell room downstairs. <laughs> That's when they got mailroom shoes too. But I know Armour. So Shelton, as you were speaking, there, there's one word that I think defines Kobe, and Kobe was the first person that I, I heard use it in context in reference to sports. Is maniacal. Uh, Kobe is maniacal. Kobe is detail oriented, which is why he they gave him the show detail. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just his approach is maniacal, and I think I can't remember that. I, I want to say it was Gilbert Arenas. Um, I, I watched the No Chill Guild podcast on YouTube a lot. Uh, I think he was talking about one one time that they went over there to go play LA in LA, and he always heard that you know Kobe would be out there two three hours before you know shooting around and all of this type of stuff. And he's like, he got there early, and lo and behold, Kobe's out there, or it might have been Jay Will. It might have been, it was one of them two. It was either uh, Gilbert Arenas or, or Jason Williams. And he said he went out there and, um, you know, Kobe was already out there and Kobe was pretty much in a full sweat already. And, um, you know, he w- he was out there shooting. And he just, he he stayed as long to try to see if he could outlast Kobe. And Kobe stayed. He was like, man, F, F this. Like, I'm good. I got a game. And after the game, Kobe told him, I wasn't going to let you stay in the gym longer than me. That's Kobe, bro. That mm-hmm. is Kobe. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter who you, MJ, LeBron, I don't care, bro. Like, you, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I beat you. And I'll put it to you like this. To me, the best Kobe story, if you want to know who Kobe is, right? And when me and B was doing uh, the quarantine beat back, um, uh, no, he is. I, I didn't say he, he wasn't. Did he have, did he have and nobody said he wasn't. Uh, hey, man, be quiet. Man. I'm talking, man. I'm talking. I'm talking. You got stories to smoke? How many curry stories hey, you got? Hey, right. Hey, hey. So, so, so when, me, when me and BZ was doing the artist uh, quarantine battle joints, they were showing the last game of Kobe Bryant's career. If you want to know who Kobe was, watch that game. That That's a... I don't think outside of M- if MJ would have retired in Utah with the shot, greatest ending to a career ever. However, Kobe's is the best that I've seen because it, it, it showed why he was who he was. He struggled at the beginning, right? He was the team that he was playing against was trying to play for something. His team wasn't playing for anything. They were re- rebuilding, right? With an aging superstar. He didn't have it. They were force feeding on the ball. And then all of a sudden, the man winds up with 60 some points and you couldn't stop him. You know what I'm saying? Like when you look at Kobe's career, when he first got into the league, he airballed shots in the playoff. The man was coming off the bench. He was a nobody. Then he worked his way to becoming somebody to earn Michael Jordan's respect. 
Right. And then to be one of the, the best players of all time, to get an MVP, to win championships with and without Shaq, and then to go through, what was it, a torn rotator cuff uh, or labrum or something like that. Uh, he had torn Achilles. Just all the adversity, especially toward the end of his career, to score 60 in your first And wait to see a Curry. Dude. Bro, I haven't heard a Curry story yet. Y'all just keep on talking about Chase game basketball. Chase game basketball. I hear a story about all these other niggas. I got a Curry story for you. You beat the shit out of Luka. Be magic tonight. One We'll be back after this quick break. We got some super chats too to get to, and I'm gonna get to them later. Don't think we forgot. Thank y'all so much for the super chat. That's y'all, boy. I can I can actually do the super chat. Go ahead, go ahead, because this this this, we wrap it up anyway. Lose. Okay. Um, (laughs) The first one was Savory Six Real Estate. Sam, uh, appreciate you so much. He said, uh, "Why do you guys think the best white players in the NBA are European?" I Joker, Doncic, and not American. Why do Euro whites dominate over American? Because basketball in in Europe and and, and abroad is outside of uh, soccer slash football is the biggest sport abroad. And I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of white Americans in America or just in North America, the continent, they prefer to play baseball. And they're scared of black people. Yeah, they ain't gonna go. I was gonna say, yeah, white, people, white, the white players, they don't, they don't grow up in the environments that black players do. So they, they got options. They got golf. They got tennis. They I'm got just all saying, that. if I see all y'all out on the court, I ain't going out there from white. Y'all might run. <laughs> and, those, and those, and those European guys, man, they he play pro ball. They play with professionals at a younger age. So when they come over here, they're prepared. So Luca been playing pro ball forever. You know what I'm saying? So it's different for them there to be fair. than the ones here. But when we go over there, we fall out too. J.R. Smith, a legend. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good question. Who is the latest? Who is the last great white player? Tyler y'all Hero. Told, y'all told me it was Luca. Tyler Hero is American. America. Tyler Hero. Is Tyler Hero from the States? Just, yeah, he's from it's the second year. He can't say. I that. think he's from Michigan or someplace like that. And he's struggling this year. So, Tyler Hero, huh? Nah, well, I was nah, gonna I, say, Ken, um, just real quick, that a lot of those players come from uh, East Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's distinctly different. The conditions are distinctly different. If y'all know history, you know what I'm saying. But they come from Eastern Europe and. Them boys don't play out there. Let's just say that <laughs> Russia, Glasgow was one of the most like. Hey, it's about to say, hey, watch hey, Creed too. Hey, they ain't scared of y'all, Negro. Hey, to, to Q's point, the hood is the hood everywhere. That's that's what I'm saying. For real. That's what I'm saying. Hey, For real. So 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 a lot a, a lot of great basketball is played in the hood. Uh, let me tell you something. They, they come to America and be like, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. <laughs> all those Croatians, all those like yeah. Croatian countries, like they breed I'm, a lot of hoopers, man. I'm looking at this list, man. The only ones I see that, that are American born, I think of Kevin Love and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Uh, <laughs> what about Delhi? I'm going to say Delhi. What about Delhi? Wait, yeah, yeah, Curry. You know what? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, 
like like okay, so so we can go back though, right? Like we're not just talking. Jason Williams. Parents. Jason Williams. Probably he not. black man. I'm talking about the. White oh no 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 no! Yeah. You said that. No 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 no. No, you said. Oh, he is black. <laughs> I know what you were talking about. No, no, I thought Jason Kidd. No, you're right. we can you're say right. Jason Kidd too, right? <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, I was thinking Jason Kidd. I'm like, yeah, he's chocolate black. people. Yeah. <laughs> no, my bad. I, I thought I thought Jason Kidd in my head. He said well, Jason. Then, I'm, I'm talking about today. The only one today that was Gordon Hayward. That's it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. K Love is. Uh, uh, Shit, he ain't nothing. That's the case. You might as well say Joe Harris. <laughs> yeah, Joe Harris. <laughs> but, but if we're going back a little bit, obviously Larry Bird. I think he's probably the greatest American white-born player to play. John Stockton? I, I, I can't think of a person better than Larry. John Stockton? John Stockton? John Stockton. Maybe we should put together a list. Mark, 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 yeah. Yeah. All white teams. <laughs> we end up Mark Price, too. Mark Price is another one. I, I was going to say Mark Price. You I was going to say Mark there. Price. We're going to do that next year. Would you put that We're going to do a list. Let's bring Listen. together our top white Kevin boys McHale. in the NBA. Top Kevin 10 all, hey, no, all time. We got to say, we gotta say like since in the 2000s or something like that. Let's not go all the way back. Let's say, bro, because let's Shelter, make it, let's make, let's make it harder. We got to, bro. <laughs> no, we no, got to follow no, that. Makes it, that makes it more difficult because we say, you know, we go, that's easy. We know we got to. You the, say, <laughs> Yeah. We, 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 <laughs> Pistol Pist Pete, Jerry West, you know, we got all them guys. Let's talk about from 2000 on. Bro, yeah. we can't get to 10. I'm about to do five. You got to do five. Five, five. We'll, we'll try, but if, if it's looking bleak, man, we got to we gotta have to amend it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go too far back because, like I said, that makes it too easy for us because we got Bird, we got Koozie, like like you said, we got uh, because they played on. Yeah, they West. kept a lot of black folks out of the league. They I kept mean, remember it was NBA, and then they had all the black folks in the ABA for the most part. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Also, oh, all next right. super chat. I'm sorry. Next super chat is uh, Chill Vibes twenty four. Uh, appreciate your chill vibes. Going to school in the 2000s and the early 2010s, I met as many Kobe haters as I met Kobe fans, especially by LeBron and Boston fans. I agree. Oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. See, yeah. I'm not lying. Yet. I agree with it. I agree with it. I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, yeah, I, um, I, I just don't know. I wasn't part of that generation, so I'm I'm deferring on that one. Um, the next one's from Marty McFly. Appreciate your continued support as always. The greatest has more to do with the chip count, with more to do than chip count. Uh, hence why Jordan is a GOAT, and it's not Russell or Wayne Gretzky. Brady not better than Jordan, Messi, Bolt, et cetera. Damn, I wanted to get Q's take on the Nets. Oh, that was a good one. Keith yeah. Van Horn was nice. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, could, he, he, he had about a three- to five-year stretch where he was like top seven, top ten. And then he fell the hell mm -hmm. off a cliff. Uh, who all watched? Um, Bob Sura. Wow. I remember him. Mm -hmm. um, did everybody watch the Nets Clippers game? Mm -hmm. You didn't watch it? You watched the beat? Yeah, I did. Um, the Nets are going to be a problem. A problem? And I was what? A bad problem or a good problem? Good pro uh, yeah, in terms of like. Can't uh, beat them. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be hard for people to beat them, man. And I was telling uh, Nick the other day, I think it was Tuesday, that I know their defense sucked, but if they can figure out how to get key stops and key moments, mm -hmm. that's going to really be all they need to win a championship because right. the Clippers 
they were the Clippers had them by 12. And it's so much firepower, it was hard to keep them off the tank. Kyrie was special. Kevin Durant didn't miss a shot the the second half. And he just, 13 the whole game, yeah. Yeah, he and he didn't he looked so like in the zone and unfazed about the moment. Kyrie was that Kobe was challenging that mama mentality, and James Harden was just doing what he do. Th- them boys, man, they're gonna be a problem. And Joe Harris is perfect for them. I, Exactly. Perfect. You, you need a floor spacer. Yeah, you, man. You, you, you yeah. need a guy that and his has, confidence is higher than it's been in the last couple of years. Because he's get, he's never gotten more open shots than Bro. he's doing right now. Like he's trying to take people off the dribble and shit. Like they've really worked on his confidence but, and told him like to go also, get it. Also, too, Ken and FIFA, y'all know playoff basketball, the game slows down, the game shrinks. So I want to see how their half court defense is gonna be. I just want to see how their defense is gonna be, period. When the game, when now you playing that same team, possibly seven times in the series, you know, I, they defense still concern me. Now, granted, you're right, Ken. I mean, yeah, offensively, they're definitely going to be a, a problem. But the thing is, you you they going to score like 130, but they're going to let teams score 135 on them. You know what I'm saying? So I just yeah, they defense, I, they defense still worries me, man. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I want to watch more. But um, but just watching that game against finally a a, a championship contender, a title mm-hmm. contender, okay. like they were able to kind of get back in the game with their offense, and I think their offense is going to put a lot of pressure on teams defensively. So mm-hmm. if you're Kawhi and if you're PG, and you got Kyrie is just unstoppable right now. No nobody can stop him. And then you already know Kevin Durant's over there. You know what James Harden about. What happens, like, that's a lot of pressure on the two of them to try to keep up with that scoring load. There is no third guy on the Clippers, and it's everybody else. You can't rely on them other dudes in the fourth quarter to make shots. One, Shit, you can't rely on PG to make shots. But at least we know he can do it, though, right? So the, the talent of, the talent is there. That's what I'm saying. Okay. They, so when okay. it comes down to high-pressure moments in the fourth quarter, like Batum, Morris, Lou will maybe like I think so. I think there's a third component that they don't have. So while you're 100 percent right, like everything slows down in the playoffs, I don't think we've ever seen it. Seen a championship, a, a person try to win a title like this, and it's going to be interesting to watch, man. I I just when I was watching that game, I could see the pressure play out on the court when they were struggling to stop them dudes. You know, um, Max Kellerman the other day he went on on you know, whatever platform. It, it wasn't um, his morning show. It was something else. And he put out a stat out there. And he said, by the numbers, just just numbers only, the Nets are the worst team ever defensively. Mm. Like, it, wow. it's not even close. Like, their defensive rating per, like, 100 possessions is the worst ever in NBA history. However, their offense is the best ever in NBA history. So, um, I was talking to a couple of my coworkers about it. I don't... And I agree with you, Ken. They don't have to be a juggernaut defensively. They don't even have to be good. They just, I 1 million percent agree with you. Key stops. Can you can you guys focus and get the stop that you mm-hmm. need or or chain together multiple stops? Because mm-hmm. the offensive side, look, man, you I don't think I've ever seen a big three constructed like this that all three guys have perimeter jump shots. They all got ball handling, playmaking, IQ can create uh, for themselves and or others off the dribble or off the ball. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never seen three guys do be able to do that. When we've seen other big threes, it's like they're more complimentary. Like, oh, you can't do this, but I can do it. And I play a different position. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you look at the Heat, LeBron and D-Wade were similar. Mm-hmm. And then Bosch was completely different. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then all three of them had to change their game to, to play. When I watch KD, Kyrie, and, and James Harden, they're not changing their game. They, they're all, all three of them are attacking how they have on different teams. And, and, and that's the part that I thought was going to take them a little while to figure out. Yeah. But that shit ain't no problem for them. They, yep. they out here getting buckets, all three of them. Yep. James Harden running the point is perfect. They, they understand who and when will attack. And they're actually playing really, really self, uh, selfless. Like mm-hmm. they really, really don't care. They're playing for each work. other. They're yeah, literally man. playing for each other. Yeah, and they're. Fo- I, I see a level of focus too. Like it's, it's not like the Clippers. Like when the Clippers got together, a lot of braggadocious, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like the only person that hasn't won a title, I'm sure, is 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 Harden. Mm-hmm. So that plays a factor. Kyrie has one. Durant has one. So mm-hmm. you know they know what it's like, and they're just trying to pull James with them. And he's blending in just fine, man. So it's going to be interesting to watch, as it has been, to see how this this goes. But, B, you're right. I think, you know, regular-ass, garbage-ass teams are keeping up with them, you know, offensively. And that's more of a mental right. thing. That, that, that's a, uh, we should beat them. You know, and, and we always talk be, about that yeah. with great teams in the regular season. Sometimes they play down to the level of competition. Now, one thing about in the playoffs for this team that I think is great for James Harden is that they don't have to rely on him in critical moments. Like James could literally just nope. go chill in the court. He could play hard for three quarters and in the, in the clutch time, he could just go chill. Like it, it's not on his shoulders anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause realistically, in my opinion, the one player I want with the ball in his head is Kyrie Irving. Yep. Yeah. Everybody, even KD, you could put KD as the pick, the pick and roll man, but everybody move the hell out the way, get Kyrie the ball, move the hell out the way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but the Clippers have looked great, um, you know, this season and really focused too. I think Lou is doing a really good job with that team, um, honestly, in terms of like really channeling them and getting them like mentally focused um, day in and day out. We'll see how that plays, you know, in the playoffs, but they definitely carry a different energy than they than they had last year. Um, and I wanted to uh, cue left, but I wanted to get this, this take on a few things. But, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I sat there and watched that whole game the night, and then I went back and rewatched it because I just loved everything Kyrie was doing, man. Like, FIFA, you guys. I, I saw highlights. Bro. I saw I saw highlights, but I didn't see the game. Special. I no, I know. Special. I, special. That, that dude, man, look, um, in the chat, I, I can't remember who said it, but they said Kobe was the most skillful player of all time. No, nah, it's Kyrie. No, it's, Ky- it, it's not even Kyrie. It's, it's Jordan. And, and I say that not saying it lightly. My brother pointed out something to me and, and he played, like I said, he played college basketball. And he, he said people talk about Jordan's athleticism, his competitiveness, all that stuff. He said, but people don't pay attention. He was one of the most fundamentally sound basketball players there were. The shots he took were all calculated. He didn't shoot a bunch of threes. No, he never did. He took calculated shots and had calculated movements throughout the game, similar to watching Duke play back when I was in college, watching the Duke team. This Duke team could do all that stuff. They were flashy all day long, but when it came time to play the game, Mike Krzyzewski had those guys 
fundamentally sound, making the right passes, making the right decisions and doing those things. Michael did all those things. Now, Kyrie is skillful as can be. He's one of the, the most skillful guys. But Jordan never gets credit for that part, more so than any of the other stuff. That's what he was. He was a tactician. No, he, he, he Jordan 1 million percent was. I think, okay, so I'm not taking into account defense, right? And I know you didn't talk defense. Obviously, mm. Jordan is leaps and bounds ahead of Ky- Kyrie is a boo-boo defender. Um, Jordan 100%, his fundamentals were flawless. Because you never, you rarely got Jordan out of position or forced him into something that he didn't have a, either a counter for or he didn't even want. Like you didn't force him into what he didn't want to do. And mm-hmm. if you, even if you did, he had a counter for that, right? So I, I, I agree there. But when I watch Kyrie, the reason why I say he's more skillful is because he's not a tactician. Because there is, name me Kyrie's go-to move. He don't have one. <laughs> and, and I say this all the time. When I watch Kyrie play, I, and, I, and, and Kyrie's my... Look, if I was a kid coming up now, I would model my game after Kyrie. There is no go-to move. There is no... All Kyrie... Is, Kyrie is the Floyd Mayweather of, of, of basketball. It's nothing but counters. I have this skill set of dribbling, and you're trying to stop me from getting to this basket, but I'm going to get there regardless because you can't stop what I have. So when I'm when I'm thinking of skill, I'm thinking of dribbling. I think obviously Kyrie is better. I think Kyrie's the goat dribbler of all time. Like it's not even yeah close. he's yeah he he's up there. Him him and Steve Nash. I think um, from a from a from a finishing perspective, right? Obviously Jordan 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 is up there. Kyrie don't have the 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 height or the the dunking, but we're talking finishing under the basket. Outside of maybe Rod Strickland, I ain't never seen nobody do it better than him, than Kyrie Irving. Um, what's another thing? Passing, okay, I, I, I could say they're a wash in both. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I agree with Michael Jordan being one of the most skillful ever. But in, in my opinion, with my, my own two eyes tell me, I never seen nothing like Kyrie before. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, more, two more super oh, yeah, chats. My bad. My bad. Uh, I'm going to read the last one first because it's related. Um, 313, JMO said, appreciate you, said KD obviously is the best player, but if you watch the Nets, Kyrie is the alpha leader and closer of this Nets team. If he shows up in big moments, they win. Yep, I I agree 100%. That's what I've been seeing. Kyrie is definitely the alpha on this team, and it fits. Kevin Durant's personality. Yeah, it, it one yeah. million percent. And I think it yeah. helps that they're they're homies and they're they're friends. Yep. So he doesn't take it as uh, he's not offended by the way I guess some say it came across when it was. Placed. And that's why him and Braun did this. Yep. Because they're both super alphas. Yeah. And, and Braun wants the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. KD's like, hey, you can have the ball. That's cool. Because when it comes to me, it's gonna go in the basket, so it don't matter. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, and he has experience with playing with those kind of guards anyway. He played with Russ. Then he went to Steph, which even though they moved the ball, he didn't have to be the primary. And now he's with uh, Kyrie. And you know what's interesting? If you combine Russ and Steph to a degree, you get Kyrie. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, like you get that guy that can shoot from distance, but can also attack recklessly with reckless abandon. He's just not dunking over everybody, but he's going to finish. He's going to mm-hmm. score the bucket. So, yeah, I, 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 I like what the Nets got. 
it, it looks better than I thought it would look. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and the last one, Aldrin J, I got you. I, I, I got you. I was saving this for, for the next one because this was one I thought about too. Was the Heat making the finals last year a fluke? Well, uh, what do you think, Shelton? Definitely. We were, and, and let me explain why I say definitely a couple of reasons. The main reason is because there was an asterisk to the season. That's number one. Gotcha. Secondly, this team, they played out of their minds, which is everybody played similar to Dallas. Dallas was kind of a fluke as well. Those teams, everybody played their best basketball at that time, which is what you're supposed to do in the playoffs anyway. But everybody played above the level I think that they actually were. And that's what this team did. This team had, you know, Tyler Hero, um, all those guys, everybody on that team um, played above the level of where they were. The only ones who were truly at that level to me as to where they played was Bam and Jimmy. And even Jimmy played a little bit above where it was. Now, he wore out in the end, but these guys weren't who they actually were. They were on a roll, and it showed. And that it wouldn't have been the same, I don't think, if they were playing in their home gyms. I just don't think it would have been the same finals that we saw. I think it would have been too tough for them to get past Boston. I just don't think okay. they could have done it any other year but last year. So, to okay. me, I, I think it was a fluke. I uh, The reason why I asked is because I think they've been ravaged with COVID too, right? Mm-hmm. And they have been. They have yeah. been ravaged with COVID. So, so you made the excuse for Dallas. We're not going to make the excuse the same excuse for the Heat. No, I, I mentioned Dallas in that too. I said that Dallas, both those teams played above where they were last year. Well, Miami was this top year. three, top. No, no, no. Teams. I didn't mention. I didn't mention this year for either one. I didn't mention this year as the reason it being a fluke. I still don't. I don't think I was going to say this too. I don't think the Heat are as bad as they're playing right now. Because what are they? What is their record right now? Something they're horrible right now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. They're not even, I don't playoff. Think, they're not even a playoff team right now. I was going to say, I don't think that they're as bad as they are. But I think the season was a fluke because they were not as good as they were last year. That's my point. So yeah, no and, and I agree, Shelton. I think that's the reason why you're seeing the law of averages. If they played above their, their median, mm-hmm. now they're playing below their median because it has to balance out. Um, and, and, and obviously, COVID, it, it's a lot of things. But um, was it fluky? Yes, to a degree, because they're definitely not contenders mm-hmm. um, in, in any regular type of setting. You know, now, can they push a team? Are they good? Yes. And, you know, to Shelton's point, there was so many guys that played above their level. Jimmy definitely played about a, a step or step and a half above his level. To the point where people were calling him a superstar. Exactly. And yes. I, I always <laughs> say he's... <laughs> he, he, he's that guy you say he was wrong superstars. yeah no I said to the point where people were claiming he was a superstar B I know I, I, said, I said Shelton you was wrong I was wrong I he said Jimmy was a superstar he did hey I'm, I'm I'm big enough to admit when I'm wrong about something I was oh, wrong I know, about I that know, I know I know you're not like Nick I'm wrong all the time so I don't you know <laughs> But yeah, we try to tell you, man. Like, yes, I mean, y'all did. It's hard for me to say a fluke. I mean, I mean, you can say fluke because of the situation. But at the end of the day, you got to beat a team four times, and beating a team four times is not a fluke. It'd be different if this was NCAA style, where it's one game elimination. 
you know, okay, yeah, it was a fluke. They got hot at the right time. But when you beat a team four times, that's kind of not a fluke. I mean, it, it, it that's that takes no, that's tough. But do you that's, that's tough to beat the same team four times at that level, you know, at that NBA elite level. So but would they have been able to do it if they were playing? You think it would have been the same results if they were playing in their home gyms? Not even with fans, just yeah. in their home gyms. No. We don't know. I, I mean, because Giannis, Giannis, look, Giannis looked like he did in COVID just like he did before COVID when they was in their gym. So, I mean, hell, he probably would have punked Giannis like he did in the, uh, in the playoffs. That's <laughs> to be seen. Let's be real. I mean, let's not act I, like – let's not act like – you know, we ain't going to put the COVID. Oh, yeah, they would have beat. Giannis was playing the same way in the bubble as he was um, before bubble. So I, I was th- I was thinking, yeah, they might have beat them. I was yeah. thinking more about Boston. I, I think about that Boston series more than anything else. I think that Boston would have had a little bit more juice at home, even though, you know, there's no fans. I just felt like they would have had a little bit more juice and more to offer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Miami just had a situation where they was they were seated at the right seed. Like you know how sometimes you see a team, you're like, oh yeah, they they at the right seed. They're gonna be they you know they uh you know if this goes well, they're gonna play this in the next round. Oh, they can possibly they can beat them. If they play them, they're gonna play this in the next round. It's a possibility they can beat them. Yeah, I just think I think Miami situation they were seated at the right seed. Mm-hmm. Now they was probably seated if they were probably seated a different seed maybe, and they was you know facing some different matchups. Then yeah okay but 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 I think I think even beyond the seating is that they played way above who they are like 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 Tyler Hero and, and obviously he was nice throughout the season obviously he had ups and downs he's a rookie but the best stretch of his year was in the bubble mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying um that's even the bad, bad stretch right there well, no it is and, and and that's why I think it's fluky because I don't think they can recreate that. I, I don't think they can recreate the level of play that they were at. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, sometimes we look at teams that, like like I said, right, championship contenders, sometimes they play down to the level of competition, right? But we see them throughout the course of the season play at their maximum level, and great teams can, can exceed it a little bit and maintain it for a game or two within a series. The Heat played like 10 levels above what the hell they really are. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think it gave a false sense of who Tyler Hero is going to be in year two, you know, uh, um, where Bam is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just gave a false sense of that. Uh, and I was a little bit of prisoner of the moment as well. But at the same time, like, that's why I said to me, in my opinion, Jimmy Butler is always a borderline superstar. You know, he, to me, he's the clear distinction between an all-star and a superstar. Depending on the night, he is a superstar. And most nights, he's a, he, he, he's just an all-star, you know? But now I, I, I definitely think it was fluky. I think the Mavs, to a degree, was fluky as well. I, I, even, even, even Phoenix was fluky. But they made the correct move to bring CP to, yes. to, to ride that wave of, hey, look, yeah, we didn't technically make the playoffs, but we went undefeated and y'all played the best ball. Now let's go get a guy that can help sustain that level. Now, and now look at them. They're a playoff team right now. Now they're a playoff right. team. I think they're only a half game out of like number four. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So so they added a piece to sustain what they what 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 they showed themselves that they were able to do. 
But none of the other teams that had a great bubble added anything outside of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a fluke, you know. Um, and people, you're, you're right, playing above their level. If you look at a lot of those games that they won, um, while we give them credit, uh, and I agree with you, B, like you, it's hard to beat a team four times in a row. They were down double digits in a lot in, in a lot of those games, and they managed to win a lot of fourth quarters and not fold under pressure um, against some of those teams. And um, you know when you when you talk about Austin, and I was talking to Nick about this. I think it's time for a Kimball Walker conversation. It is. It's, it's, I was, boy, I was saying that shit last year, bro. You were you were uh, seeing uh, him fall apart against the Lakers. Where he was one for twelve and seeing and adding that to his performance in the, in the playoffs, we need to we need to revisit this next week um, because we got to talk about him because he didn't do what he was supposed to do in some of those games. He's supposed right. to be their home run hitter. Yeah. He, yeah, he's supposed to be the veteran, the the the, the shot maker, the closer, taker. the closer, he, he, the closer, and he is he he looks like a shell of himself. Yeah, he, he does. looks like a regular guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Charlotte looked Charlotte look like geniuses for that. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Because you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm I'm here to entertain, but I'm also here to tell you the truth. I take Lamelo Ball over Kimball Walker right now, any day. Airbnb, remember that name? I was going to mention that later. Airbnb, that's Kimba and Miles Bridges. Hmm. You know what, FIFO? I know I give Lamelo a lot of shit. But I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. You've been balling. Man, you, you know what? I, I, I know we're hitting up against... Uh, Our clock, yeah. yeah. But... We were a little late, so they can get a yeah. little over it. Yeah, we'll give you a little something. That boy LaMelo. Oh, that's what we're talking about, man. Let's, okay, let's close this shit out. Yeah! Respect <laughs> <laughs> for all you want. He's a pest. LaMelo is amazing. And you know he what? Charlotte, Charlotte needs to finally just let the reins go. He's re- he's ready for 30 minutes a game. He, yeah. He's he's ready to run that team. They're holding it, it, it back. Yeah, it should it should already be happening. The 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 fact that they got those two point guards starting, which um Terry Rozier just went out with injury, which is a blessing in disguise because we do get more mellow in this case. They're running I'm a shorter bit. Huh? La, no, I said more mellow. Don't you, you can't shorten the name. There's only one mellow. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I gotta give him credit. Hey, I gotta give Mellow credit tonight too, because he scored 22 in a win without Dame Lillard against the Sixers. So yeah, I think he, I, I think Tibbs is holding that rookie back too in New York. I think he need to play him more. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely is. But but they they are both in both those cases. But definitely Lamelo is being held back. Um, and it's, mm. it's time to make some type of move. Hopefully, at the trade deadline, they can they can make a move for a big to get rid of some of those guards because you, you don't need both those guards there at this point. And I, I was a Devontae Graham super fan at one point, but now I'm not even convinced we need either one of them two guards at this point. Well, All right, the- so I'm gonna be serious for a minute. Okay, just for a minute. Start the clock. So I did, <laughs> I, I did see early on. That I was like, uh, Devontae Graham, he was the one I said, he ain't gonna have his job much longer. 
I said, they're going to start Melo. One, they like him. They really, really love him in the organization. Um, number two, he puts up better, if not similar numbers. I think offensively, he can definitely move and pass the ball a lot uh, better than Devontae Graham. He, Devontae was struggling. I think the pressure was getting to him of having LaMelo waiting for his job. And uh, he went through a, a, a bad, bad funk. And, um, you know, watching LaMelo, he makes a lot of great decisions on the court. I call him a pest simply because he's so young, like he has that energy. So he's all over the court and he's making a lot of things happen. And I just wonder as time goes down and he slows down, like, you know, I think he'll still be able to put up similar numbers, but a lot of the defensive stats and stuff that he's getting um, just by being, he just gets on everybody's nerves. I see it on the court. He just, every time you get the ball, you just never know if he's going to come knock it out. So that's why I call him a pest. But, um, but you know he's he's done all right. Clock yeah. all right. He, he's, <laughs> hey, he's done more than all right. Yeah, he's done he's more than all right. The only thing that people can say about Melo is he he has a high turnover rate. He's he turned the ball over a good little bit. Yeah. But that's gonna that's gonna come. He's been all right. His percentage. Yeah, he's playing well, but his percentages are. He got to work on that. But assists. Yeah, he's. I'm, Say it again. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because, I said that Lello is willing to take the shot because. Oh yes. And, yes. So when I when I'm watching him play, he's doing the one thing that we were talked about, Lonzo. He's very aggressive. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. and and it just makes me wonder if Lonzo just did more of that. Like we can stop talking about him. You no, know the, the one. But, remember, I said this year one, Alonzo. Mm-hmm. He. I like when you pass up the ball early, right? It, it, it creates easy shit. But as a point guard, sometimes you got to keep it a little bit longer to attack to draw the defense in. Yeah. Lonzo still, to this day, drives with the sole intent of kicking out. LaMelo drives and is like, oh, okay, I ain't got this layer. Oh, I see you. Boom. Yeah. You know, it, it's like everything else is second or third option. LaMelo is what Lonzo should be. That's what I well, see. Well, yeah, well, well, them being in the same household, and this happens in a lot of cases, not like we talk about, there can't always be multiple alphas. In, in in this case, their personalities fit their game on the court. It seems like Lonzo is kind of, he's really good, but he's unsure of himself. Whereas Melo is good, but he's definitely sure. And, my, I, and I was talking to my brother about this too. He mentioned how um, Melo used to always say it, I'm the best, I'm the best ball brother. He would say it. He he's always yep. felt that way, and it's translating in the game. He's he's doing it, and he's he's doing it a lot earlier, and it's a lot easier for him to do what he does. And of course, he's 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 bigger, and he's learned from his older brother. But his mentality is what's carrying him over. Well, nobody's and, knocked his confidence down in the NBA yet, and I think Lamelo. They somebody mentioned this before. They went at Lamelo at, at Lonzo. And his confidence got knocked down. But I remember that video. I think maybe you shared it, Shelton, where, you know, he said, oh, yeah, that guy, I cook him. I, I take his ankles, you know, every day. Like, he's always felt that he was better than anybody on the court. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think part of that is upbringing. Because if you watch, I, I, I watched all the Ball Brothers grow up. And I I said it from an early age, LaMelo is going to be the best because he always played up. He always yeah. played at the same competition level that Lonzo played, that Jello played. So it, as a youngin, to know, yeah, I'm still short. My brothers, both of my brothers could dunk and all of that, but I still get more points than them. 
So mm-hmm. what happens when I can dunk? What happens when I could go get a rebound and push and make the passes? Because he always had that killer instinct. But early on, we didn't see the passing because Lonzo handled the rock. Mm. It wasn't until Spire, when, when he went to Lithuania and then he came back and he played high school at Spire up there in Ohio, when I saw the passing, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hey, hey, hold, where, where did that go? Because you can right. kind of see it, but Lonzo always ran the show, so LaMelo didn't have to mm. do it. And then even in Lithuania, they didn't really have the rock like that. So when he got to high school and then he sprouted, that, that was probably one of his biggest growth spurts because he went from like oh, to like six six. Mm, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Overnight. Overnight. So then now he's grabbing rebounds at Duncan. And I'm like, whoa, okay. But then it was the passing. And I'm like, whoa. And then when he went to Australia, that's that's when I knew. That's when I knew because I'm like, look, when I always look at, at passers, I try to see what they see while they see it. LaMelo's one of the special ones, bro. I, I'm just like, how, when? When did you know that was going to be open? Because I don't see it. I just, I don't, man. LaMelo is special. La, I, was La, trying to think of, I was trying to think of the last passer like him in the league. Who, who is it? The last passer like that, LeBron? Passer like what? Oh, see, y'all going to, y'all see, we going to, see, this is the, this is the problem. I'm not saying no, 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 no. What I mean is just what what FIFO said about the the visualization and how he's seeing things before it happens. That's what I'm talking about. I that's the type of passer he is. He's making those type passes already. So who your who your top passes, people? Top passes in the NBA right now today. Yes, right now today. LeBron, CP, um, Lamelo, Ben Simmons, Luca. Uh, I have to put Trey Young there too. I, I can see that because, because Trey, Trey, Trey be throwing some passes. I'm like, bro, what the? Like the, the one off the backboard to John Collins? Like, yeah, them, he passed. He he gave John Collins about three or four alley oops that were just really nice passes in that game. He was just he was making some things happen in that game. It was either the the the, the first or second game against the Nets. Okay, Trey Young crossed somebody up. And it looked like he was just gonna go for a layup, and he just threw it out the backboard. You're like, every, and when I saw it, I'm like, "What the fuck he doing?" And then John Collin came out of nowhere, and I'm like, mm. "Oh, how did you like? How did you know?" Like, bro, I'm, Trey Trey Young is up there, but those are my best. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The chat made mention, and they made me remember y'all right, Joker. I forgot about Joker. Oh yeah, Joker too. Joker too. Yeah. It just, just I don't forgot. think Big Man, I don't think Big Man went passing, but yes, Joker is a top five, top ten passer in the NBA I, right now. I forgot about that. I, I'm having the vision. The vision is what I was thinking about, Ken, when I said that his vision is extraordinary to be so young in the league. He can really see the floor really well. And that's just, that's what makes him kind of special. And, and you know what, Shelter? Like, to me, it, vision is a lot, right? But, but just like in football, there's certain passers in the NBA that throw you open. And, and, and that's a whole nother level of passing. LaMelo does that. LaMelo throws you open. Like, you, you may have a defender right on you. He's putting the ball so far ahead of you and so soft that the defender can't do jack about it. I'm telling you, man. Look, look, and I'm not saying, like, special, like, superstar, the next face of the uh, league. I'm not, I, I don't know if he's that yet. I think he has the potential to be. But if we're just solely talking about passing, he's 100% the best passer of his draft class. Yeah, I still got a lot of games to catch up on. Uh, yeah. 
you know. Um, so, so do you think, uh, quick question to kind of wrap it up. The top three guys should have been the top three guys drafted in this draft? In that order, you mean? In that order or just in general? Are they the three best players in this draft? That is yes. a really good question. I uh, think so. I, I don't know. I think so. I think so. I think so. And they went to the right places. Because because um my guy Anthony Edwards, he looked like the alpha on that squad, bro. He does. Everybody yes. refers to him. Yep. Yeah, he's finally cracked the starting rotation. Yeah. I don't know, man. There uh, so somebody okay, we'll we'll revisit this. Hey, y'all yeah. watching this Lakers and Denver game? Mm-hmm. I saw they've been going back and forth. Yeah. This yeah, it, it it yeah, I I think it I think it was the top the right the top three picks were were the right picks in the right places. I think that they they did what they were supposed to do. I think you know, I, with the exception of Wiseman potentially going to Minnesota, they're all interchangeable. Because mm. if Lamelo went to Golden State with that running gun, I don't think they would have held them back. I I, I they would have yeah. played at an even faster pace. So I think he could have been successful there. I think uh, Anthony Edwards could have definitely mm-hmm. been successful there. Uh, but I think, you know, to Shelton's point, I think they all went to the right place because mm-hmm. Wiseman, long-term, that's perfect. Um, yeah. I think if LaMelo went to Minnesota, I don't like him and um, the lefty uh, from... Russell. 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 Oh. Because, because I think D'Angelo Russell would have felt a certain type of way that Melo yeah. is better than right now. That's, and I yeah, think that's that, would, I that would have caused conflict. Yeah, he been through that before. Yep. And I, think, and I think Anthony Edwards is the one that would have, it doesn't matter where he would have went, he still would have been the guy. And, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. I, I think this about Anthony Edwards. If he would have went to Charlotte, they would have started him already. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that, like you said, I think that in Charlotte, I don't think James Borrego is that. He's a mellow fan of what he could be, but I think he probably rides him a little bit for those turnovers. You know how some coaches are about stuff like that. So he is holding him back. And I don't think necessarily it's a, an awful thing. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we're in this age now where we expect people to automatically be – we're, we're in a microwave society today. You suppose, Just like with football, we expect those quarterbacks to start from day one. There was a time when even the Patrick, great Patrick Mahomes sat behind um, – what's his name? One of the guys. For a year, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. So mm-hmm. this is the same thing. Hopefully, Lamelo is learning behind these two point guards. I'm hoping that that's the case. And when he does start, it makes him better for it. So I, I'm a little bit more patient than most, and I kind of feel like you know giving him about 25 minutes a night is pretty good right now. We don't need him playing the whole night. We, we don't need that quite yet. So hopefully, this is going to pay off for his good. Hopefully, he's learning from this. Cool. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, coming through, man. We were late, so we definitely wanted to give uh, those of you that were waiting some some extra, um, you know, discussions. Extra uh, footage and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if, if before you go, if, if everybody on the chat, can you do me a favor? Please uh, hit the like button. Please like this, and please do us a favor and share it. The more support we get, the more shows we can do, and the more content you can get. And, and let me say this real quick. These are my boys, man. And I'm so proud of the, the three people that are on the stage with me now that are on the show with me 
are pioneers and leaders in this industry, man. And, and I appreciate working with these guys. These are my bosses, by the way. And I appreciate working with them. And all the support is necessary, man, because they started from the ground up. And we appreciate you all being here, okay? So please tell somebody to join you next week or to come back and watch this show. Cool. And on that note, we'll catch you guys uh, Tuesday to recap the Super Bowl and Thursday with more basketball talk. Uh, we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.